In your Bible, the book of Luke. No gimmicks. We're, we're finishing, the end, finishing the end of the series up. This is part three of the series, No Gimmicks. And I can't leave here without giving you a little bit of word to think about. And our word today and our focus today is all about gratitude. Gratitude. You got your Bibles? Lord bless us as we move forward in your word. Luke, the 17th chapter, turn there. This is a story that we commonly call the, the, the parable of the 10 lepers. Uh, it seems very, uh, I think, fitting to talk about the 10 lepers and talk about gratitude as we finish our time together here in this particular phase of your walk, your journey, your discipleship making, so that you would be the better after thinking about gratitude in this way. There's no gimmicks is the, the topic, the title of the very end of, of our existence as a church, because there are no gimmicks in God. There's no way that you're going to be able to circumvent there's no way that you're going to be able to find a secret door, a trap door. You got a secret sauce or special recipe. No, I don't care what anybody might tell you about how you might be able to go through life without any trial or challenge or without any, any struggle. That if I were to tell you anything on the way out of here, there's no gimmicks to being strong. There's no gimmicks. There's no way that you can get strong without going to the gym. There's no way you're going to get healthy without eating right properly. There's no get rich quick schemes in the Bible. You're not going to be able to name it and claim it, throw your hands up, say the Lord is mine and walk away with do no work on your own. That's not the way the Bible works. That's not what the way the kingdom works. And it's surely not the way it works for you. The way that we enter into relationship with Jesus Christ is through sacrifice. He sacrificed for us and our sacrifice, the sacrifice of our will is all a part of the, the picture of the tabernacle, the temple, and even now how we approach him, we must come to him realizing that we are in need of him. There is no gimmicks. There's no gimmicks. We, as a, a body, know that there's no gimmicks. So if you're wanting something, desiring something, asking God to do something, you won't be able to get it through a quick fix. There's no such thing as quick fixes. And I will offer to many of us that we leave with the work halfway done. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. This is the NIV version. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. If you're taking notes, I would highlight along the border. That's important. And he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. Ten is a sign of perfection, a time of, sign of harmony in the Bible and the scripture. It's also the sign of law, 10 commandments, so on and so forth. In Genesis, in the new creation, we see that, and God said, repeated 10 times in the creation story. These are all important for you. Keep those in your mind. And verse 13, and he called out, in, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. Then he saw them and said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Keep that word in mind, highlight it. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, I love this about this picture because we're talking about ethnicity through all of this. Sometimes we think the Bible doesn't talk about ethnicity and difference and culture, but it is. We're not only talking about Galileans, but we're talking about Samaritans. We're talking about those who are in and those who are out. We're talking about marginalized people and unmarginalized people. We're talking about people who are sick. We're talking about people who identify with their sickness even above their ethnicity. Anybody know what it's like to be high with a group of people that don't look like you? <laughs> Anybody ever know what it's like to be drunk with a group of people that don't come from the same place you came from? 
robbing and stealing with people that you normally don't rob and steal with. You know what I'm talking about. Cussing and fussing, lying and cheating with people that you don't necessarily look like you. They don't look like you. You don't come from the same place. You don't know who they are. You don't know their people. They don't even maybe speak the same language with you, but you identify with them in some way. You did, you've been traumatized and they've been traumatized. And you find yourself working in the same way. This is this group. These 10 lepers are dealing with this situation. Verse 16, he threw himself down. Verse 17, Jesus said, he went out. He says, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, and your faith has made you well. When you look at gratitude, specifically gratitude is the readiness to show appreciation for a kindness that has been conferred on you. I want to elevate that gratitude is an expression of appreciation for what is, not what has been or what will be. Gratitude is an appreciation for what is. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So many times we get these two things mixed up because we want to be happy for what will come and we have been taught to, as a church to rejoice at what is yet to come, but we not, are not always taught to find ourselves happy right now in the moment. And when we talk about gratitude in this place, we see Jesus challenging us because he's in an in-between place. He's on the border between Good, good Galilee and not so good Samaria. He's in a gray spot that he finds it appropriate for him to elevate the need for us to be grateful for what he's doing in the gray places in our life. That we would be grateful for what God is doing in the seasons of transition in our life. As many of you are going through now, you're transitioning and it is like him to then elevate the story of these 10 men who had been identified by their brokenness and their sickness to say that even in this way, I want to show you that gratitude is necessary as you go along your way. Anybody know what it's like to be in a gray place, in a place to where you're in between phases? You're not what you used to be, but you're not what you're going to be. You're in a place where, you know what, I'm on, I'm on my way, but it's not really clear to everyone how far I've made moves and progresses. And I know there's a lot more in front of me, but we see the Lord having a conversation with 10 men who are similar to you and I in this season of our life, that we are on our way somewhere, but it's not always clear what it will be or what it looks like. I'm in a great place. And God says, that's a good place for you to give gratitude. That's a good place for you to give gratitude in the great place. For you to stop long enough to say, I'm not exactly where I want to be, but God, even now in this moment, I'll say thank you for where I am. It's easy to teach about saying, God, I'm thank you, I'm not where I used to be. It's easy to tell you to praise God preemptively because you're a faith-filled person if you talk about what's to come. But how many of us can really sit still in a place and say, God, I praise you right now for where I am right now, for what I have right now? That matters. That matters. That if I were to say anything to the disciples of Mending Place, that you would learn intimately how to sit still and say, God, I thank you for where I am right now. Gratitude is me saying, I appreciate where I am right now. Right now. That's hard to do. Studies show that you could deliberately cultivate gratitude. You can be intentional about how you do that. That is not something that is just, it just is or it just happens, but you can, you can use it as a tool. You can wake up in the morning and have practices that allow you to focus on the things that you're happy for even when things aren't the way you want them to be in the end. It's a practice. 
Psychology Today even gives us a couple of ways that we could do that. You could start off by sharing three things every day that you're happy for, you're grateful for. That you can condition your mind, condition the way that you see the day moving forward as you start your day with a position of gratitude. I don't know what the day has for me, God, but before the day gets going, I want you to know that I'm already grateful for these things as it sits in my life. I'm not expecting a big windfall, but I'm not gonna turn away a big windfall. I'm not mad because I didn't sleep well last night, but right now in the moment, I want to tell you thank you for these things in my life. Anybody has that as a practice in their life. If you don't do this as a practice, I'm just gonna tell you that there's some things that you're gonna leave undone in your life. Undone. Gratitude expressed in the life of a believer. Gratitude expressed in the life of those going through transitions. Gratitude who find themselves in places of friction between Samaria and Galilee. The foreigner, the non-foreigner, the cleansed, the uncleansed, those who are far off being able to be brought close. This story is rich with all kinds of pictures of how God uses gratitude to bring the far near and to do a work to its full. I looked at this and I thought to myself, uh, well, you gotta tell me something else, Lord, because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, what is really going on here and how is it that we are gonna be the better and the more informed after looking at our, this scripture and this text for our time together? I wanna give you two pillars of gratitude. The first pillar is, is simply this. We put up, we, you, for you to be a, a person of gratitude, you gotta, be, you gotta do this. You gotta recognize that I have obtained positive outcome. I've, I have obtained a positive outcome. How many of you have went through life and you didn't even recognize that you were no longer the way you used to be? <laughs> you can't be grateful for anything that you can't see the difference in your own life and the move has been there. There's been a shift, there's been a transition. Just like these 10 men, we see that there is a, a apparent difference between who they are, who they were in the moment from their introduction to Jesus to now they're on their way to the, the temple to be cleansed, to show themselves before the priest. There is a marked difference. Some of the people that will find themselves in church in God's presence will walk away different, but they won't be able to tell it. The problem with this is that then you can't be grateful for it because you can't see the difference. Pillars of gratitude start. The first one is that I can recognize that there's a difference between where I am now versus where I used to be. That's where gratitude begins. I think for myself, I think about my own life, I think about you, I think about us, and I think about even as we were talking about Abigail this morning with the ordination of where she used to be versus where she's at now. Where I used to be versus where I'm at now. Where they once were versus where they are now. I rejoice and I thank God for you because I know that you have not always been here. You make progress. You're not there anymore. You're here now. It, makes, it gives me courage. It gives me hope to think about the fact that God has given me permission to recognize difference. I could see things in you that you might not be able to see in yourself. And it's my responsibility to elevate some things in your life so that you would be able to say, God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for where I am right now. And I'm not so depressed about what I'm not. Because many times we get focused and frustrated because we realize there's so many things in our lives that don't line up. Anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. 
Yes, secretly, I know what's going on in my own life, and I can sit back and be like, oh, God, I know I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, and not that. And you know what? I messed this up, and I did that. But gratitude goes even beyond that because it's saying, God, I am thankful for where I am right now. Even if it's not my best state, it's not my, my best self, I know that you're working something in me and out of me, and I thank God that you have not given up on me, you've not left me to myself, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I'm now in this place. God, thank you that I'm not where I used to be. I rejoice. I'm grateful. And I like it because it's, it does me good to reflect on where I have come from to where I'm going. Gratitude has to have this first pillar of you recognizing difference. These lepers found themselves in unison and concert because of their, their sickness, because of the things that had been eroded away from them. I've told you this before, that leprosy was a disease that eroded the things that made you uniquely you. It made everyone the same who dealt with this disease. The, the nose would be deteriorated. The soft tissues of the face would, would erode away. The fingers, the, the fingernails, and uh, all of your fingerprints, the things that make you uniquely you, would all be erased. And then you would walk around with nubs and no, no facial features that we would be able to distinguish you as being this and that. So when we see the Lord healing these men, we not only see him healing them physically, but you should see the deeper thing, that he's what? Giving them their identity back. He gives the identity back to all those who get healed by him. He gives their identity back to them better than it was ever. And along the way, there's one, 10%. I hate that it's 10%. I wish it was greater. Just make sure you're part of the 10%. That along the way, the 10% of the people will be able to realize and witness to the fact that I have been changed. Something in me is different. Something in me is new. Have you sat with yourself long enough? Have you given yourself enough time to witness to the fact that God has been doing something in your life? Here's what the enemy will do to you. I wanna just elevate his scheme early and often so you'll be able to see and hear his voice in all of this. He will often tell us that a small step isn't enough to really rejoice over. A small move is not enough for you to really be happy about your progress. Oh, you did that right that one time, but that's not enough for you to rejoice. That's not enough for you to celebrate. It's not enough for you to say, look, I'm making progress. Every time the enemy tells you that this thing that you're doing that's right is insignificant, you should be on high alert of what he's really trying to do. He's trying to diminish you from being able to be grateful for what God is doing in your life. Because if you diminish what God is doing in your life by saying this small thing really isn't a big thing, then what you're doing is you're preventing God from being able to show you that as you draw close to him, he draws close to you. That there's always this coming together that's there. If the enemy could get you to think that it's not a big deal, then you can't sit up in the middle of the night when all hell is breaking loose in your life and rejoice even in the midst of it because you're grateful for where you are right now in the moment. Have you ever went to someone's bedside who was dying and you go in an attempt to encourage them, but they encourage you? Anybody, I wanna see a short hand. Anybody ever done that? I went in an attempt to try to encourage them. I walked in there feeling full. How does that happen? Because at the end of life, normally people are so sober and so clear that they're grateful for their, their existence and right there in that moment, they're there, they're centered, they're grounded. I had the occasion to go, uh, Sister B, to your daughter's bedside prior to her passing. The very first person that we as a ministry buried, 
to see them rejoicing the wee hours of the morning as I came into the bed, the hotel room and uh, the hospital room, the hotel room, hospital room, and I, and I saw them in a place of peace. It, it, it made me think to myself, where do they get this type of gratitude from? Where are they getting this type of joy from? How is it that when others are weeping and mourning and crying and, and, and up in arms and they don't know, how is it that this family is, finds itself rejoicing over the life that was gone too soon, but nonetheless they're rejoicing because they have a trust and a hope in God that yeah. the others don't have? How does that happen? Because there's a sense of gratitude for the years they did have. Yeah. They're standing in the moment of not with the, the frustrations of what could have been, but right there in the moment they're absorbing the, seg the segment of life that says, Right now, I'm centered, I'm present, I can be counted on to experience God in a full way in this room, even this room of death. They didn't see it as a room of death, they saw it as a room of transition. Amen. They were grateful for a change, that she was no longer in pain. I think about Bud like that sometimes. I think about life, it's funny like that sometimes. That in some of the weirdest places in our lives we can find ourselves grateful and full of gratitude. I had a dream a couple of years back that I had done something wrong, illegal, and then I got arrested. <laughs> anybody, anybody have a dream like that? I mean, it was full of living color. I was, I, I done something wrong. I got arrested and I was in jail. I'm not like, not like a little stuff, but I'm like, I was gonna be gone for years, 20, 30 years, I was gonna be gone for a while. I woke up in a cold sweat but I was grateful. I was grateful. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was very grateful that that, that wasn't real. I was grateful. My sheets were wet, pillow wet, but I was grateful in that moment. And, 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 and I rejoiced in the middle of the night. God, I thank you that I'm not there. I thank you. I'm not where I want to be, but at least I'm not there. And I was like, right here in the moment, there was no better place than my bedroom, my house, with all the issues and all the problems that I might have had in that moment, I was very, very happy to be there. I hope that you guys can find yourself doing the same thing during this season of transition from mending place to the next place. That you would say, you know what? God, I know that you've not brought me this far to leave me. I find myself grateful in the moment. That you would recognize it. You would recognize it. The second pillar, this is the, the last pillar. You need to get this right. There has to be an acknowledgement that there is an external source for that good outcome. Yep. Ephesians chapter 2 talks about this. It's, it's for grace. It's by grace that you're saved and not of yourself. It's not anything that you can do. It's a gift of who? God. It's a gift of God. Salvation, his principle, his plan, the way he's protected you, kept you, it's all a gift from him. It's an external thing, it's not you. It's him who's doing the work for you. It's not because you're intrinsically that good. It's not because you are a type of person who can make it happen because you got the right relationships, you got the right acumen, you got the right uh, knowledge, you got the right relationships, the right resources, you made the right connections. It's none of those things. When you realize that the reason why I rejoice and I'm grateful is because I realize I did not do this on my own. Someone has been good to me. Specifically God, but God shows up how? Through people. 
He shows up through people in some miraculous ways, whether someone who showed up to help you with gas that you ran out of, or fix a flat tire, came by to fix a water heater, someone who gave you an opportunity that you couldn't have gotten yourself, someone who opened a door for you, gave you room at a table that you couldn't have got room at a table anyway. It's this way that we realize that you might think it is a person, but God uses people. He moves on the hearts of men and women across our lives, throughout our lives, to give us access to things that we could not have gotten otherwise. And when you get to a place where you're clear on the fact that it wasn't them, but it was him, that's when you can really rejoice and find yourself standing in a place of gratitude like never before. It's easy for us now that we've come to a place of relationship with him to look back over your life before you were in relationship with him and see how he had sprinkled people along your life path to help you through situations you couldn't have got through on your own. And when I get through that place, I realize it wasn't it wasn't mama, it wasn't daddy, it, w- it wasn't sister so-and-so in the neighborhood or from the street, it wasn't teacher so-and-so, it wasn't coach so-and-so, but it was God who was working in them Amen. to willing to do his good pleasure. And I was a beneficiary of that external source that God had called in my life. I thank God that I'm a grateful and gratitude-filled person because he used people like you and I to move in my life. An external source, I'm aware that it wasn't me. I'm aware it wasn't me that got me out of Section 8 housing. I'm aware it wasn't me that that got us off food stamps. I'm aware it wasn't me that kept me out of jail. I'm aware that it wasn't me that that kept a bullet from piercing my body. I'm aware that it wasn't me. I know it wasn't me. I'm I'm clearly aware that it wasn't me. It was him and him alone that has caused me to be where I am right now. All the places I got myself into that I don't know how I got myself out of. It was him who got me out. And when I look at this situation and I think about that, God, you are the source of all that is good. You're the source of all that is good. Not only have I seen it, I acknowledge it, but then I realize it was you who did it. That are the two pillars of what it looks like to be a gratitude-filled person. And you can do that often throughout your day. You can do that often throughout the week. But here's where we, many of us fall short. Many of us fall short because we only get cleansed and we don't get made whole. The 10 lepers went and they were cleansed, but the scripture says that only one of them was made whole. Half, 90% of you will come into a room like this where the presence of God is made available to you and you will get your stuff and you will walk away from him without fully being made whole. The cleansing is a physical thing, yes, and it's a good thing, yes. But what the one receives, if you look at the text and you look at the word definition, what the one receives, especially the King James when he is cleansed, says that he receives protection against being sick again or being made unclean again. There's many of us who come to the Lord because we got that one issue that we want him to fix. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm ready for you to fix this in my life, my marriage, my kids, my anxiety, my anger, my fear, my lack. God fixed this thing for me. It's a thing that I identify myself as. I'm busted. I'm broken. I'm whatever. This is my subgroup, my subculture that I run with. Can you fix this for me? And God says, yes, if you call on me, I will fix you. I will answer yes. But along the way, if you don't get this gratitude portion right, you will only be halfway to where you really could be. Does that make sense what I'm telling you? 
because you saw the, the story, you see the 10 and, and only one of them recognizes, okay, something's different about me. And in his turning around and coming back and acknowledging that it's an external source that's the reason why he's now in a positive place, he's got a positive outcome from something that should not be fixed. It's something that could not be fixed by man. God did it. It was only him that could do it. He sees it, and now he has to acknowledge it. He doesn't even tell the boys, hey, fellas, wait a minute. He just realizes that there's something that he has to go do, and in him going and completing the work, being completely grateful, not just thankful, but grateful for what's going on and expressing gratitude, he seals the deal, and he gets way more than the others that left with just getting cleansed. I don't want you to be the type of people who come into God's house and say, God, just cleanse me. Fix this one thing for me. If you would do this for me, then I would do this for you, bargaining with him. God shows us that with these, these lepers that, that the way that you complete the thing and you go to a place that preserves you, that keeps you from being dealing with the sin, the wage of sin again, is to show gratitude that it's an external source. I know that my salvation is by grace and by grace alone. I know that my relationship with him is by grace and by grace alone. I know that there's nothing good in me at all. And we see these men representing this percentage-wise of what takes place in the body of Christ. Can I be honest with you? I hope to tell you that everyone in this room would walk away with getting this nailed down. I don't know what People online will do. I don't know what anybody else may do, but if you could get this right in your own life, that you would experience far more than what you've already experienced in any other area of your life. Because many of you are riding on the fact that God has cleansed me and you're happy and you're on your way. And you've heard me say this, that you've got the blessing, but you have not got the blesser. And that's we see the, the man on the other side of this says that I dare not walk away from a source like this. I dare not walk away from a God that's this good what might else he want to fix in my life that I was so short-sighted I could not see. Gratitude allows us to have a full perspective of really what God is wanting to do in our life to the full. It seals the deal. It keeps us from being a consumer. It causes us to come in and be a contributor. It causes us to bring ourselves back to the source of our existence, of our health, of our, our happiness, our joy, our resource. And it does not, it prevents us from being the type of people who are fair weather with God. Jesus, can you fix me? Heal me now. I'll serve you later. He, he puts this in perspective for us, and it's all happening where? Somewhere in between Samaria and Galilee. Somewhere in between your preferred state and your reality. Somewhere in between you making the decision to go all in or to continue to try to straddle the fence, which we know the scripture says that we can't straddle the fence. This morning, I want to challenge you. I want you to think deeply on those two pillars. What has changed in my life, incremental or otherwise? Have I acknowledged that that place has come from an external source, that source being God? Or am I running from miracle to miracle, moment to moment, even in my faith, because all I want, God just cleanse me in this way? 
and I'm unwilling to do the second half and be made whole. You're on your way somewhere. Let gratitude be your guide. Let it be your guide to make this journey full and complete. And what looks like a U-turn in the wrong direction by this one is really a U-turn in the right direction. Don't you be afraid of a U-turn on your way. Don't you be afraid of unexpected, I wasn't thinking about doing that. I didn't have that in my plan. Don't you allow groupthink to keep you from expressing the gratitude that you need to express even when all the other nine and the momentum is going this direction, but you feel God pull and tug at your heart and say, no, this is a time for you to stop and to worship and to thank him, to give him credit and acknowledge him fully. Don't you let ritual get so strong in your life that relationship doesn't show up. The ritual was to go to the temple and to show yourself to the priest. But the relationship was more important to the one, so he came back. I want you to see those things so clearly that when you move out of this place, that you would say, my pastor taught me that there's no gimmicks. There's no gimmicks. I've got to be a person who understands gratitude. I've got to be a person who expresses it. And not just in theory or in some high-minded place, but I can see it being lived out in my life consistently. I understand what it means to be a disciple who knows how to cultivate gratitude in my life. It preserves you, keeps you, shows that God is going to keep you from going back to some things, keeping you out of harm's way and trouble again, not leaving your life up to chance but protecting you from things that sometimes you can't even see. Gratitude. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I thank you for these that are in this room. Those who you gather to hear this word because it was a part of their next, their next step. Thank you for removing distractions from their life. That they would be able to hear you clearly fold this word over in their heart that they might not sin against you. I thank you for the fruit that is yet to be produced in them. God, for everyone who's been guilty of being a part of the 90% who just needed a fix and they ran, this is where your grace shows up. We can come back to you. You've not called us to condemnation. You've not called us to shame but you bring about the type of conviction that calls us back. For everyone in the room who's saying, I need to do a U-turn. I understand it. This isn't the path I thought. It wasn't the, 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 the trajectory I thought. I'm, I'm turning it around. I understand it. I see it. I see it. You might be listening in the room. You, it's not the church changing or transitioning or coming to an end. There's other things that these principles hold true to in your life. Have I just said yes so I can get cleansed and I'm going with this flow and that the momentum seems so strong because everyone else is doing it and I haven't really stopped long enough to say, God, I want more than just you to fix this issue, this one thing. And in my gratitude of you fixing the one thing, I find out that you want to fix all things. Thank you for healing in this way, in this room. Thank you for your people in this place, being a people of hope, 
a people of faith. Thank you that the people in this room, even now as they're listening, they're thinking about how good you are right now, not how good you will be or how good you have been. May they be focused on giving you gratitude in the moment, this morning, saying to you, God, I can see the change in my life. Seal the deal. Just don't cleanse, but make whole. Preserve, protect. We plead the blood of Jesus over these in the room. Your sacrifice being made perfect, poured out on top of us, poured out over us, protecting us from seen and unseen dangers. God, I thank you for doing it this way. When we show forth gratitude, we seal the deal. We get more than just a moment, more than just a touch, more than just a miracle. We get more than just ritual, we get relationship. Thank you for sealing the deal. Thank you for doing it in us and through us. Thank you for reminding us that this is necessary, primary, essential to the health and development of your disciples. It keeps us from being just consumers. It keeps us from being those people who would like to take credit for the work you're doing in our life. It, it, it keeps us in a place where we align ourselves with your word that you can get the glory out of our life and not us. People aren't patting us on the back, but they're thankful for what you're doing in us and through us. Thank you for the, the better, the better Pastor Gates is here because of the work you're doing in my life. I'm grateful. I realize that it was never me, it's been you all along. Thank you. Let me be the one that comes back and says thank you. Let me teach our children, our children's children, how to say thank you, how to be grateful for the now. I speak against anxiety and frustration and people who are dissatisfied with everything because they have not really learned the gift of being gratitude, grateful, focused people. Thank you, Lord, for doing it in this way. I speak against anxiety. Shame of the past, I speak against it because I'm a grateful person. I've got gratitude right now. It allows me to stay focused and present now in the moment. And I see you working in my life. May we exceed expectations more than the 90 in this place. May those who have heard your word apply it. And may we all run with the one. That one being you. We know how to find you when culture and fleshly desires want to draw us away. We know how to find you. We know how to get back to our source, to our foundation. Tether ourselves to you. And then have you say, your faith has made you whole. It takes faith and courage to leave the 10, to leave the nine. It takes faith and courage to say, no, 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 not that, but this. I speak these blessings over your people. May this word be so sticky in their heart that they never forget you in this way. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, and give glory some praise.